I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer, the number one gun rights podcast in the world, as rated by Feedspot. Hey, we have, of course, the uh, GoFu at the end of the show, which is the Gun Owner Fuck Up of the Week, which is an extremely popular segment that we do. But, of course, before we get to that, I want to talk to you about what is absolutely the most sensitive place that a person should never, never carry. And this was revealed in a recent article. And uh, the article here, which I'm uh, reading from, actually uh, this was on uh, Fox News' website, and the reporting is done by Landon Mayon of Fox News. And the title of the article is, Indiana man found with handgun hidden in his rectum after being taken into custody. And this is something that when we want to talk about sensitive places, I think this one wins the prize and should probably be on New Jersey's carry killer bill. And I don't think any gun owner would object to that prohibition. As a matter of fact, if you were a gun owner who objected to that prohibition, then uh, maybe you shouldn't be a gun owner. Uh, this is, uh, you know, even notwithstanding any amosexuals, and I'm sure you know what an amosexual is from our famous podcast about amosexuals. They are individuals who have a great love of firearms and zealously defend the Second Amendment, and I am an amosexual as well, but even given that I am such an amosexual, I would never carry in that sensitive place, that's for sure. Now, this article is very interesting because you might think, hey, what what gun was actually stored in this sensitive place by this, uh, his name is Christopher Boyd, who was uh, 32 years old. Do you think it might have been, you know, maybe like a North American Arms mini revolver, maybe? Or maybe some uh, single-shot twenty-two caliber Derringer, maybe? Nope, not Mr. Boyd here, according to the article. He had a Smith & Wesson three eighty bodyguard up his ass. Now, I have to say that that is impressive. It truly is, folks. You got to admit, that is impressive because that is not a uh, small cylindrical firearm. This is, you know, a pocket pistol, agreed. But it's a semi-auto 32 pocket pistol, you know, like size of like an LCP or, a, you know, a Keljack, you know, one of those kind. I mean, this gun is oh, painful. And I am just amazed 
um, to find that uh, this was found. He's an ex. He's an Indiana ex-convict who's prohibited from carrying a firearm. I, I, I bet he is. And he had it hidden, according to the article, in his rectum. And, and when he was booked into jail, he underwent a body scan and a strip search. See, he was a passenger in, in the vehicle when the, when the police pulled him over for an obscured license plate. I guess that wasn't all that was obscured. And uh, when the police patted down Floyd, the article says, they discovered a small bag and multiple pills in his right sock. Isn't that where you always keep your medications, I guess? And according to the police report by the smoking gun, so this is this article, Floyd claimed the pills were Percocets. And uh, he relieved them because he had a because he had pain, he claimed, from a bullet lodged in his spine. So we had pain from a bullet lodged in his spine, but not from a gun lodged in his ass. Or maybe the Percocets was like an aid to carrying in this matter. I mean, under Jersey law, I got to admit, that is not a legal holster. It is, and it's not only on one person, it's in one's person. But to be a legal holster, yes, it covers the main body of the firearm, it covers the trigger guard, but it has to be, you know, adequately uh, secured to the body. And I don't think in the body. I mean, talk about inside the waistband, inside your ass. This is crazy. Boyd also said during the search that he, um, he couldn't spread his legs because of his spinal injury. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, can't spread its legs because of the, the the spinal injury, you see. And then they said while searching Boyd's groin area, he tensed up. Oh my God, he clenched. He clenched with his bodyguard in his ass. Oh my God. The suspect was asked if he had anything, <clears throat> quote, stuffed in his groin or buttocks. He, he the report noted, but Boyd stated no. He didn't. He said he didn't. This is what it says. It says he denied this. But a strip search revealed two plastic bags containing marijuana tucked next to his scrotum. Man, this guy is tucking weed under his balls, guns in his ass. Amazing. And the article notes that recreational marijuana remains illegal in Indiana. So I guess in Jersey, you could carry marijuana under your balls because it's not unlawful in New Jersey, but it's still unlawful under federal law. Then the article goes on to say, Boyd tensed up and refused to comply, and he was lowered to the ground. An officer lowered Boyd's pants to remove the item that was in his rectum. That must have been a joy. You know, talk about a tough day at work, huh? How about that that story? Yeah, today I pulled a Smith & Wesson bodyguard 32 out of this guy's ass. But the suspect continued to clench his buttstock, so, buttocks. So he was um, resisting. Oh, my God, he could charge this guy with resisting. Imagine that fact pattern to the judge. Well, Your Honor, he was resisting. How? In the attempt to remove the Smith & Wesson bodyguard from the anus of the suspect, he started clenching his buttocks, thereby resisting 
this officer. Oh, that, that's going to be great. That's a that report should be framed. But the officer said, "Now get a load of this." He was able to see that the object Boyd had in his rectum was a handgun. Oh my God! Talk about spread wide. That is one shitty search, folks. And the firearm was subsequently removed. Now, they do say that it's unclear whether the handgun was loaded. Well, look, if you're going to carry a handgun up your ass, you may as well be loaded. I mean, come on. And the police confirmed that the firearm was not stolen. And I guess after this incident, nobody would want to touch it. But anyway, it reports that, yes, the gun was a Smith & Wesson bodyguard, a three eighty caliber pistol. Yes, we're aware of that. It weighs 12 ounces and is about five inches long. The article claims it was lightweight and simple to use. I don't think Smith & Wesson's directions instruct rectal carry as simple to use. It does quote, though, and this is pretty funny, the article says, and quote, that the gun is, quote, perfectly suited for concealed carry. <laughs> well, I, I guess it is, but that's probably not what Smith & Wesson had in mind. Even though such language is posted on their website. Now they're going to have to put a warning, I'm sure. Warning, do not carry any of our handguns stuffed up your ass. Although suitable for concealed carry, Smith & Wesson does not advocate this method of carry. It also mentions that Boyd's previous criminal history includes convictions for attempted murder, burglary, and domestic battery. He's also subject of an active protective order that's been classified as a serious violent felon and a domestic batterer, which prohibits him from possessing a handgun. He was charged with multiple felony drug and gun trafficking charges, and he was booked in the jail without bond. Well, there you go, folks. That is what I would officially call a sensitive place, and I would also find it interesting that uh, under New Jersey law, the duty to disclose there could be very interesting. Huh? How about that? Duty to disclose. Imagine having to disclose that to the officer. What do you have to do to do that? Well, this is uh, just loads of fun, and um, people are just amazing in terms of the extremes that they will go to to conceal their crimes. And this one uh, demonstrates the uh, depth of just such things. Hey, I want to mention, of course, that our wonderful sponsor, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, is out there doing battle for you as we speak. They are in the federal courts litigating over the carry killer bill and sensitive places, uh, uh, but not that sensitive place we just discussed, of course, but other sensitive places that are, in fact, a pain in the ass to gun owners, 
that wish to carry to defend themselves so they don't have to be victims and instead can be defenders. And our great association is also uh, down in Trenton with full-time paid lobbyists and actively defending our rights in Jersey in a very difficult environment and doing a great job. You need to be a member. You need to be part of the solution. Join anjrpc.org. You'll get the email updates, the legislative alerts. You'll get the greatest newsletter on Jersey gun laws that's out there. And uh, you'll be glad and proud that you're a member of our state association. And of course, our other fine sponsor is We Shoot. And We Shoot is a indoor target range in Lakewood. We Shoot is a wonderful place. I love We Shoot. I really do. That is the range where I shoot. It's the range where I got my certification for my carry. It's the range where my family shoots and my brother shoots. And uh, many, many of my friends and listeners. And everybody loves it there. They treat everybody spectacular. They really do. They just treat everyone like family and they're just great people. You never have to feel intimidated. You never have to feel that you're being uh, subjected to uh, undue uh, harassment. Some of these ranges are just uh, unbelievable when they uh, come to uh, dealing with their clients. And, And here, We Shoot is friendly and just a great place. They have magnificent trainers And they have great folks there that can get you your certification. They can give you training and advanced training. Top people there doing the training. They are uh, extremely popular. And they're so convenient right there in Lakewood, right off the parkway. Your Monmouth County, Ocean County, et cetera. It's so easy to get to. And remember, ranges are our resource. So without a place to shoot, how are we ever going to shoot? So you need to go to We Shoot. Check out We Shoot. They have great deals on memberships, great deals on guns. They can outfit you, equip you, train you, and help you through New Jersey's uh, rigorous path to exercising safely and effectively your gun rights. So check out WeShootUSA.com. And now let me also shamelessly promote my book, which is New Jersey Gun Law. I know many of you have New Jersey Gun Law. It's a 25th anniversary edition. And as I warned, uh, don't lend it to anybody because you'll never get it back. But here we are. Christmas season is approaching, and it does make a fantastic gift. It's over 500 pages. It is 120 Jersey gun law topics explained in an easy-to-understand question-and-answer format. It's a labor of love by yours truly, and it's the only book out there that does this. And on the front cover is a QR code. You scan it. You're now part of my free uh, subscriber base, and you will for free get all the updates. Within 24 hours of any legal changes, you're going to get notice from me. The update's going to be there. You can access the archives. You can get all the updates so your book stays current. And that's my mission here, to keep that book current so that you can 
navigate through the treacherous waters of New Jersey's gun laws and know about the changes, both good and bad. It's very important that you have that book. It is your survival manual for New Jersey gun laws. Just go to evannappen.com. That's my website, evannappen.com. And you can see the big orange book right there. Just click it and order yourself a copy today. So let's take a look now at some letters that have been sent in to Gun Lawyer. And we're going to do the GoFu, of course, which actually ties into one of the letters. But actually, before we get to the letters, let me just also mention this legislation that's been proposed, just as a preemptive warning out there, because we have to constantly be aware of these threats. And there's a bill that's now being proposed and pushed federally by Senator King of Maine, which is just, you know, so absurd that a state like Maine has a senator who is so anti-gun when that's such a great sportsman state. But Angus King there, no, he's at it again. And he has put together a bill to ban, drumroll please, assault weapons. Oh, yes, assault weapons. What the fuck is an assault weapon anyway? They don't really know. They just make it up and it's uh, defined differently and changes all the time. But in this case... They have their their new arbitrary distinction of what a so-called assault weapon is. And here's what his bill does. The bill is called, you know, they always have those cutesy names, the Go Safe Act. Go Safe Act. And uh, they're claiming that this is a uh, uh, king that is. This is it's different than what's commonly known as an assault weapons ban. Oh, really? Why is it so different? Well, it's different because it's regulating how guns are made rather than banning specific models. Oh, how clever. We're going to go in how they're made. Really? And how's that going to work? Oh, well, here's the deal, folks. It's only going to uh, affect with a ban, by the way, on rifles and shotguns that would be banned from having magazines that carry more than 10 rounds while handguns could carry up to 15 rounds. Now, wait a minute. It's not a magazine ban. No, you see, what they're going to do is mandate that guns can't have magazines that carry more than 10 rounds and more than 15 rounds. Well, gee... How does a gun work? How does a semi-automatic magazine-fed gun work? You take out and put in the magazine. The size of the magazine is not tied to the gun. So wait a minute. How are we going to ban manufacture of guns that can accept a magazine it holds for rifles and shotguns over 10 rounds and for handguns over 15. So in other words, every gun is what? Going to have to have a fixed magazine now? A fixed magazine with that limit only so that you can't do any reloads at all? Look, I don't have the exact text, but that sure seems like what they're planning here. 
And whatever cockeyed thing that this is going to be, here's a cute part of it right here. What about, what about guns that you already have? Oh, well, they're going to be so nice. They're going to let you keep those guns, but none of those guns can be sold. You can't sell your guns anymore, folks. You can only leave them to your heirs. But no more sales, period. If you have a rifle or shotgun or handgun that exceeds the capacity limit arbitrarily chosen by Mr. King and his Democrat cohorts that are out to destroy our Second Amendment rights. And of course, this has absolutely no effect on crime. Don't be silly. We all know that criminals are going to ignore this. It doesn't mean a damn thing to them, but we can turn, oh, millions of law-abiding citizens into criminals, which is what the Democrats do, which is what their actual focus is, is to disenfranchise us by turning us into felons so none of us can have guns. And this is their approach, and they want to limit our right to defend ourselves, they want to put us at tactical disadvantage to the bad guys every time. I'm sorry, how many bullets is your life worth? Your life only worth 10? Because that's what Mr. King thinks. Maybe, how about 12? Is your life worth 12? Well, maybe 15. Well, your life's worth 15, but only if it's a handgun. It's not worth 15 if it's a rifle or shotgun. Then it's only worth 10. Isn't that nice? What a load. Well, the good news is that these bills do have an uphill climb and they're tough, but they're really putting the pressure, apparently. They're going to really try to make this one fly. And, of course, if the uh, Destroy America Party, I mean the Democrats, ever get full power again, I'm sure that you will see this gun law and others push despite despite the fact that it is our constitutional right as declared by the trifecta of Supreme Court cases, Heller, McDonald, and Bruin, despite the fact that it's enshrined in our Constitution and is our God-given right, they don't care. They do everything they can to abuse it and here's yet another example. But I wanted you to be aware of that. Now let's take a look at a letter here. And this letter is from Martin. And Martin says, Hi, Mr. Knappen. It looks like a federal judge in Texas issued a nationwide injunction blocking the enforcement of the pistol brace law in the beginning of this month. And I've been looking around to see how it affects Jersey, and I can't find anything about it online. To myself and my friends, you are the go-to person to get clarification on such matters, and I want to see if you have anything about that. Is it legal to possess a pistol brace in New Jersey? As usual, as a resident of Jersey, I feel like I'm in a gray area. When it comes to understanding or knowing where we stand when it comes to gun laws and wanting to see how New Jersey is handling these new changes regarding pistol braces. Thanks in advance for any opinions that you may have. It's okay, so yes, a federal judge did in fact issue a nationwide injunction on the ATF from enforcing the pistol brace ban. 
That was great, and that's a win, and we're glad to hear it. Now, that is being challenged, of course. And so we're still going to be dealing with the appeals, and it's not completely settled. But at this moment, ATF is, in fact, enjoined nationwide from enforcing the pistol brace ban. So that if you have a pistol that has a brace and you did not comply with the rule where the ATF, uh, you know, uh, changed it to regard pistol braces as short barrel rifles, as SBRs, and then you had to register your SBRs, which caused a whole other problem in Jersey since SBRs weren't legal to have in Jersey where braced pistols were, so then you'd be admitting to having a short barrel rifle. Well, now ATF cannot prosecute you while that injunction is on because they're enjoined from doing so. But the problem still is, what about New Jersey law? Well, New Jersey followed the federal ruling originally that said pistol braces were fine and that they weren't SBRs. Then the feds changed the rule and said they were SBRs. So Jersey, we would suspect, would have to take a different view of pistol braces. But then the injunction came down that says ATF can't enforce this, which leads to the conclusion that the pistol brace ban itself is flawed and unconstitutional and improperly passed and wrong. And so, therefore, if New Jersey tried to pursue it as well, even though they're not enjoined, they'd have to also backtrack on their opinion and then rely upon the new rule. But the new rule is what's been challenged in the case. So the bottom line here is I know that there are sellers online, legitimate national sellers that are, again, selling pistol-braced guns, and that's fine. And if you in Jersey have a pistol brace gun, I would say at the moment you're uh, safe from enforcement by the feds, that's for sure. But uh, the state, although not enjoined, I think would have a tough time trying to prosecute while this case has thrown the entire redefinition into so much doubt. But of course, you never know in Jersey because we see absurd things happen all the time. But basically, it's good news. I would also say that if you want to be conservative and still wait, which is a good idea, and see when the dust completely settles, particularly with the appeals and how this gets viewed with a little more time, keep in mind that guns that were pistol braced, such as others, which are now viewed not as others or pistols by the feds, they are viewed under that definition as rifles, since the fed declared them to be short bow rifles, that if you have modular type firearms like AR types and you switch the upper to a compliant upper, meaning over 16 inches, and therefore making it from a short barrel rifle to a long barrel rifle, and you can even take the bolt carrier out, right? Just need the upper, still use the same bolt carrier. And then 
make sure that in so doing, however, you don't inadvertently create an assault firearm under New Jersey definition, which would mean that you cannot have a stock on there that's folding or telescoping that you wouldn't want to have on your new upper a bayonet lug or a threaded muzzle or a flash suppressor or a grenade launcher. I know you all go out on weekends launching grenades in New Jersey, so you better stop that. But uh, those are the features. Now, of course, it's still going to have a pistol grip, but you're allowed the one offending feature. So for now, still be cautious, but it is good news, and it is playing out uh, well and positively. And we're going to see more on all this ATF overreach as the Supreme Court is now reviewing the bump stock ban, which, of course, was conducted in a similar manner and the other overreaches by ATF, and I think the Supreme Court's poised to finally slam ATF into the ground on this crap. But we, uh, we'll wait and see about that. Now, I have another question, and this question also relates to the GoFu of the week. This says, hi, Evan, quick question. This is from Jeff. Quick question feedback from the latest episode. You discussed, parentheses warned, about receiving guns as gifts. I've observed that in some cases, New Jersey laws can be subverted, subverted legally, parentheses, by taking a short drive across the Delaware River. Hypothetically, if two people were to drive to PA and one of them was to purchase a long gun from a dealer, could they not lawfully turn around and gift the gun to the second person as long as the long gun purchase was not prohibited in New Jersey, the purchase would have to take place legally in Pennsylvania and be handed off to the other person in Pennsylvania. As far as I know, registering a gun in New Jersey when bringing it from another state is voluntary. If nothing else, this would avoid paperwork, possibly taxes, fees, and the second person from having to obtain a New Jersey purchase permit. Of course, I'm not expecting an answer just for myself, but I thought it'd be of interest to other listeners in another episode. I learned something new from every one of your podcast episodes. That's a great thing in and of itself. But at the same time, it's a bit unsettling because I like to think I know NJ's gun laws quite well, but you mentioned something that I didn't even realize is not legal. Well, Jeff, thank you, and thank you for your support. But you have actually outlined something in your letter that is not legal. And this ties in to our GoFu. So what about going across state lines and making gun purchases? And that is a classic GoFu. Now, there are ways to do this legally. But it's not about the gifting part. It's the failure to understand federal gun laws as well as state gun laws and how they interplay with each other. So individuals, clients I know, have gone to other states and made acquisitions in unlawful ways and that has caused them problems. Also, gun owners have been lured to make a gun transaction in other states, and that's a big go-foo, and then face 
federal charges. Let me tell you, folks, if you're lawfully looking to sell your gun in a lawful manner and the person who wants to buy it from you convinces you to cross state lines to buy it, uh, red flags, fireworks, all that better be going off because that's the attempted way of getting the federal jurisdiction over interstate commerce to charge you with violating the gun laws. Big flag. And I've had a number of cases where that setup occurred. But here, in this hypo from Jeff, two people from Jersey say, hey, look, um, we'll buy it in another state, and you can transfer it to me there, and then I'll bring it back. We'll be okay, right? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Because a New Jersey resident, or we'll just say a non-resident of the state where the firearm purchase is taking place, that non-resident may buy a long arm, a rifle or shotgun, from a dealer in that other state as long as the dealer obeys the law of the home state of the dealer and the law of the non-resident for a non-resident long-arm purchase from a dealer. However, a private seller cannot sell to a non-resident. So, in Jeff's hypo, when that person, let's say, in this case, we'll even say he lawfully acquires the rifle or shotgun from a dealer in Pennsylvania, he cannot transfer it in Pennsylvania as a non-resident to yet another non-resident in Pennsylvania. That's breaking federal law. And you also couldn't have this person take a gun across state lines as a non-resident, then sell the firearm to another non-resident or transfer it to the non-resident without putting yourself in jeopardy of federal law. So that's what is missed in Jeff's hypo. It's not the Jersey law issue. It's the federal law issue. And so non-residents may only purchase long arms from dealers, and non-residents may not purchase handguns at all in other states. If you're a non-resident, and you go to another state, you have you buy a handgun, it has to be shipped to a Jersey dealer by that dealer. It needs to be shipped. That dealer under federal law cannot sell a handgun to a non-resident, only a long arm. Now, when that law was originally put forward under the Gun Owner Protection Act to allow for the sales of firearms to non-residents, handguns were allowed as part of the bill is proposed, but the anti-gunners, particularly the senator from New Jersey, struck it, or no, Connecticut actually, and made it so that the handgun part was removed. Now, I believe that the federal law should be 
reformed so that a non-resident can buy rifle, shotguns, or a handgun from any federal dealer anywhere as long as the dealer obeys the law of the home state and the resident state, just like for long arms. But you can't do that now. It's only long arms, not handguns. So be very careful in making the acquisition out of state from a non-dealer. Now, just to note, though, guns that are not covered by the federal law do not have a problem with acquisition or even transfer out of state. And that would include air guns and black powder guns. So exemption to everything I just explained to you would be if two residents of New Jersey left the jurisdiction of New Jersey and one of them had a black powder firearm with them, and while in Pennsylvania gave the black powder gun to the other non-resident, while in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania law is not affected, federal law is not affected, and now that Jersey resident could bring that gun back to New Jersey without having done any paperwork on that gun because black powder guns and air guns are not covered by the federal law that does cover modern cartridge firing firearms. So there's the loophole, if you will, as applied in Jeff's hypo to air guns and black powder guns, but it does not work with modern firearms. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. I wish uh, Senator uh, King recognized that. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.